Friday morning. Uh, welcome to our Sam. Yes, it's our morning show where we crack into some quick little property codes. We try and crack the questions which are on people's mind when it comes to real estate. Uh, I tell you what, this morning I am staking the vest. Yes, I tell you what, a lot of people I think tend to mirror their surroundings. And uh, for me and uh, Jason, we kind of always try and wear vests when things get cooler. So I tell you what, I've claimed the vest this morning. Um, so if you see Jason on his show down the track um, wearing a vest, he's copying me. I am not copying him. But it's quite fascinating, isn't it, that uh, we often see friends dress the same, I guess, people who connect with each other, quite often do the same things. And this can obviously be a little bit of, well, quite often can be a good thing, but often a bad thing. You know, we are the sum of the people we surround ourselves with. So today's show, the morning show we do, it's really about connecting potentially with other people that you don't often connect with and asking some critical questions Morning, guys. People streaming in, which is great to see. Um, morning, James. Morning, Megan. Um, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, obviously, Ask Sam is a show about real estate where we can uh, do some daily digests on real estate and answer any of those sort of burning questions which are on everyone's list, uh, lips. And I guess I called it Ask Sam because quite often at work, um, people refer to me as Siri of property. And uh, it's quite often common in my work to, for people to go, oh, well, that's a weird real estate question. Ask, ask Sam, ask Siri. So today uh, we've got a really good question which um, was asked yesterday and it is to do with why real estate agents often underquote the price when it comes to real estate. Now, there's some deeper things inside this question which I really want to crack the code of because I actually think it's a really good question. On the surface, probably sounds very simple, the answer, but I want to dig into some layers here because there really is some interesting uh, dynamics when it comes to this question. So this question was from Alison yesterday. So if you have any questions on real estate, make sure you pop it in the chat box. And uh, I probably won't be able to get to it today because I, I don't want this show to be a drawn out show. I want it to be a quick show. But uh, absolutely, I'll come back and answer it, you know, probably the very next day. So put it in the chat box if you've got any questions and I'll take care of business. So why do real estate agents underquote? Well, it's a great question because it does raise the idea of real estate volatility. And I want to talk to you about real estate volatility. I'll come back and, and give you some ideas around some of the volatility that is in the real estate community and real estate marketplace. I guess the short answer as to why real estate agents quite, quite often underquote, it's a couple of dynamics at work here. Real estate agents obviously make money from getting real estate to sell or getting listings. Quite often, buyers are also sellers. And so for real estate, to real estate agents to build a bigger 
pool of potential sellers. They quite often underquote so they can get more leads coming into their business, more people to fundamentally talk to and explore not about selling the property they actually have, but about potentially finding new business from uh, the marketplace inquiring on the property for sale. It's very common here in Australia for people to buy within their local community, simply change houses, upgrade from one house to the next. So buyers are quite often also sellers. And that's why real estate agents love the idea of uh, getting more leads into their business. We become clickbait. And one of, I, I think, the big conversation pieces around real estate is the idea of us becoming clickbait, clicking on uh, something which really is fake. And underquoting is is really a way for agents to create leads from something which is which is fundamentally fake. Obviously, it creates a wider pool of buyers and many people become emotional. And when people become emotional about real estate, they're prepared to pay more than what they first thought. And of course, this is also part of the reason why real estate agents often go through this idea of underquoting uh, prices so they can build up this kind of emotion. People love a bargain, right? And then they fall in love with the property because they think it's a bargain. And then it doesn't turn out to be a bargain, but by now they've fallen in love with the property and they're prepared to pay more. So there is this kind of volatility extreme which happens in the real estate community. And we often see this by real estate agents who are very good at working prices up. And of course, us as buyers or investors want to kind of understand what's going on so we don't end up paying too much for real estate and ending up in a volatility state. Uh, when we think about auctions, for example, auctions are a three-phase marketing system. Uh, real estate agents can encourage buyers to buy before auction, at the auction, or even after auction. And of course, by setting the price at a certain price before auction, that draws people in. And then on the day of auction, quite often we see these extremes which annoy everyone. Uh, people spend huge amounts of money on research, lots of time, lots of effort to think they can buy a property. And of course, they're not even in the right sort of league as to where the price ends up. So uh, it's a very interesting dynamic because real estate is governed. And I'll talk to you about the govern governance of real estate in, in a mo moment. I guess about seven years ago, I made a decision that I didn't want just confirmation bias from the investment section of the marketplace. I made a career decision that I wanted to be both in the investment space of the marketplace, but also the home buyer space of the marketplace. And I, I made that decision because I often felt investors start to get uh, their own confirmation bias around what is a good investment, but the owner-occupier market is com completely different and thinking completely different things. So about seven years ago, I got also involved in Australia's oldest real estate agency, uh, a company called Richardson & Wrench. And I did that so I could sort of look into and peer into both worlds, peer into the investment world, but also peer in 
to what hardcore home buyers want because I'm a big believer in investors really need to buy what hardcore home buyers want. It was interesting. I was over at one of the Richardson and Rent offices just the other day um, in Mossman, Sydney, and they had uh, just had a visit from Fair Trading, which was uh, governing, I guess, this idea of underquoting. And Fair Trading wasn't just visiting that retail office, it was doing the whole of Mossman because in Mossman, $5 million houses, which were quoted to sell for $5 million, were reaching around $6.5 million on the day of sale. A huge volatility uh, index, really, when you think about it. And this is outside the realm of what government really does allow. Government allows more or less around a 10% variation on what a real estate agent is listing a property at. So I'll talk to you a little bit about that. But in Mossman's case, what was found was really we are in this kind of abnormal marketplace where absolutely prices are starting to go even higher than what real estate agents even uh, think is logical. So uh, such is the demand out in the marketplace at the moment that really uh, agents, um, for the most part, are not trying to do the wrong thing, but are just seeing these extremes come into the marketplace and in really good lifestyle suburbs where there is really a shortage of stock. And of course, um, there's only so many places like, you know, Mossman, Sydney floating around that uh, there is only so many properties that come up. And if you look at the listings in that suburb, there's literally just a handful people are paying over. That is kind of a normal thing. But here's really what we need to take away from this great question from Alison. Real estate has a volatility index. Every asset has a volatility index. Now, if you're a fan of the Urban Property Investor, my long-form podcast, jump on there today because I'm actually doing a big sort of 45-minute version of what I'm talking to you about today on what is the Real Estate Volatility Index. And when we think about real estate, uh, it has volatility associated with it. So if we break down the volatility index of real estate, we can go in a few directions here. Regional areas are typically, if you look at the history of them, more volatile than cities. In other words, their volatility index is completely different to cities. If an industry shuts down in a regional town, prices have been known to drop by 40%. Volatility. Regional areas have a far more extreme volatility index than city areas. When cities go down in value, they tend to drop by 10, 15, sometimes 20%, half that of regionals, different volatility index. Real estate also has a volatility index on the day of sale. Now think about what the original question was here when it comes to underquoting. What we are talking about is the volatility index of the day of sale. So government technically allows for agents to have a 10% volatility index. 
And this is a really good lesson for investors because the day you put your property on the market for sale, you need to comprehend there is a volatility index of 10%, which is fundamentally authorized by government. So think about this. On the day of sale, a $500,000 property could easily sell for $450,000. That is normal. On the day of sale of a $500,000 property, it could easily sell for $550,000. That is considered the normal range of volatility when it comes to real estate. A 10% variation from what is perceived to be the market value of the time. Now, when real estate agents put a property on the market, they have to justify the market value through what is known as uh, a CMA, a comparable market analysis. So real estate agents just can't shove real estate uh, real estate on the market and uh, drastically overprice it or drastically underprice it. They have to show the market data that supports the price of the day. The government then allows a 10% variance either lower or higher. And of course, what we're often seeing now is volatility or prices being pushed over that 10% variation. And when we think about some of the reasons why that is occurring, of course, it's almost like a lack of compounding growth. And if we look at many of the marketplaces that are now skyrocketing in value on the day of sale, they've had this kind of compressed amount of growth over the last three or four years. Now, it's not uncommon for real estate to grow at sort of just above inflation, three, four percent every single year. But when you take away three or four years worth of that growth, you've almost taken away 12, 13 percent worth of natural inflation, which is what we're currently seeing in the property marketplace. People are paying over for the property, but also almost paying this catch up on inflation that didn't incur, occur in the real estate community because 2016, 17, 18, 19 and 20 were really disruptive real estate years in the marketplace. We had APRA, Royal Commission, Federal Election, and of course, uh, Green Swan events like bushfires, and then black swan events like COVID-19. So it's interesting watching this volatility jump around. If you want to learn more about Australia's real estate volatility index, I would encourage you uh, today, jump on my podcast, The Urban Property Investor. I'll take you through literally 45 minutes of volatility, how you can beat volatility how you can um, absolutely crack the code of real estate wealth. And uh, tell you what, um, hopefully this information has been great and helpful. And uh, that's it from me. I'm ducking off. I need a coffee. Uh, You have a great day and I will talk to you again real soon.